Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. You know what my number one question is, especially inside my VIP group? That's pricing construction projects and how to best go about it. So today, we're going to go there. I'm going to break it down into the areas you need to consider so that your pricing can be strong and reflective of the work you're going to produce. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. I have a feeling you're pretty excited about this episode, and I am also very excited to share kind of the parameters and the scope and steps that you need to go through in order to price your construction projects correctly. Now, this is a long time coming, but I can promise you it's pretty much all I talk about whenever I am with designers, whether that's inside the community, in the course, the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, or even more so in the VIP group, because those are live sessions where we can really discuss the details of individual projects in real time. But I understand why this is a scary step, right? You are projecting costs that may run weeks, months, or years, and you want to make sure your bottom line is covered. Now, I personally feel this is a different process than your decorating projects. One, because there's just a whole lot more moving parts and the way things are set up as far as teams and your position in those teams. So I want to start by explaining my background. So until 2023, I have always priced myself hourly. It's just what I experienced in my first job way back when. It made sense to me, right? Hours spent, hours charged. And so I just Move forward with that same pricing structure when I went out on my own in 2000. Over time, I have had tons of design friends beat me over the head saying I need to switch to flat fees. 
And I listened to them. I heard them all out and their reasoning sounded reasonable and their successes sounded great. But I was never disappointed with how my projects played out, right? I was felt I was being paid appropriately. My clients were happy with the structure that they were getting from me. And so I didn't see the need to really change anything that I felt was already working and frankly, working well. Now, I also don't just work hourly. I work hourly with a net plus on my purchases. And most designers think that purchases are in the furnishings world. And I'll be the first to tell you, and I hope you've heard this from me before, but I certainly will start repeating it. If not, the purchasing does not end on construction projects. The purchasing then moves into different things. You might be buying plumbing, tile, lighting more than you are sofas and rugs. But the good news is every construction project I've done has turned into a furnishings project. So you're doing buying on both sides of that same project. And it adds a lucrative stream to your bottom line, which is an industry standard. We are typically, our industry does charge for products. And that is how we develop an overall profit from any project that we're working on. And it does not differ if it's a construction project. And I know there are a lot of designers out there who shy away from that or kind of let the contractor take it if they push a little. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll let, I'll let him order the tile. My advice is to stand your ground. I'm not saying I get to purchase everything on every project for a variety of reasons, but I do purchase the majority of the products on most of my projects. I want to empower you to do the same by putting that in your contract, discussing that with your client and then the contractor up front and establishing a protocol that you will be doing the buying of X, Y, and Z. So that is how you develop a profit on a project, right? You're billing hourly, whether that's a flat fee or not. A flat fee does represent your time as well as purchasing of materials and products. So these are the types of conversations that we really dig into in the VIP course. And the reason I think it's so successful in that forum is because it's live. I can ask questions back. Well, what about this? And what did the contractor say about that? Or why don't you go back and ask him that? It's just a much more fluid and frankly, more complete answer to the, hey, Renee, how do I price this project out? And that's what I want to dig into today. I would love to tell you that I've developed the calculator that can price every project down to the nickel and you will be making the profit that you have earned through your experience. However, that would not serve you well because I have never had two projects price out the same way. And yes, I know that's very frustrating. I too find it frustrating, but I know this to be true because what I did do when I switched to flat fee this year is I went back to my data and I have a lot of data and I spread it all out, added it all up, compared and contrasted similar size and scope projects and while some were pretty close, there were no two projects that really could have been considered the same. And I mean, within margin, of course. So that was very frustrating, not going to lie. And I almost bagged going with a flat fee because of that. And I thought, well, how the hell am I supposed to figure out from my, say, bathroom data, the next bathroom that's going to be requested of me? And so I thought about it more, looked at it in a different direction put more spreadsheets together. And really the reality is you have to be very 
thoughtful when you are pricing out your construction projects. And the reason is because construction projects have so many different variables from job to job. So let's start with the team, right? There are going to be probably three different ways you will work a construction project. The first is that you're running the team. So for instance, you've heard of me talk about Todd, who is my A-team. That is when I run those projects. Todd is, yes, doing all the construction, but I'm doing everything. I'm setting the schedule based on communication with all the subs and Todd. I am the one that's doing the site visits. I'm the one that's really running the day-to-day show. And therefore, as you can imagine, it requires a lot more time. Now, those are typically smaller projects. My A-team, unfortunately, as much as I have begged him, he only does a certain size project. So for instance, he won't do a large addition. He will do a small addition for me. He'll do bathrooms, kitchens, things like that. But he's at the tail end of his career, unfortunately. And he said, no, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. So you'll find yourself in those positions. And I have always encouraged you to develop that A-team or hell, if you can develop two A-teams. I'm working on that and really struggling to find similar guys. And I think it's because I just have that emotional attachment to Todd that I need to develop because Todd will retire on me and I will be devastated because I seriously don't think I can replace him, but I'm working on the next best thing. But then there are other projects where it's a larger construction team. So let's say the homeowner brought in the contractor or you work with a contractor and maybe this contractor has two or three teams that he assigns to projects. So that's a different set of scenarios. Typically, they do run their jobs. They are running the subs. Now, you may be able to impact who the subs are. So for instance, I usually offer up my electrician and my plumber. Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they bring their own. But my role is different on those projects, meaning I don't have to be point person for everything on that job. Now, it doesn't mean I have nothing to do. It's just a different level of commitment read that as time, than if I'm running the job on my own. And then the third type of project you may find yourself in is a new build, and that is with a very large construction company. And there will be an assigned super for that project. And then your role, again, will be defined differently. But don't read that as there's no time involved. It's just a different level of involvement and therefore As you can see, all three of those different projects will require different time. Therefore, your fee structure is going to be different for each of those types of projects. So now the second is the complexity of the project. For example, let's take a bathroom. I'll have a client call me and they'll say, oh, we're going to do our master bath. Can you give me an idea of how much that would cost? Well, no, of course not. I can't um, over the phone, you know, have x-ray vision and see into someone's home and know what they are talking about. And really, you should never be doing something like that over the phone. And I don't even mean ballparking because you just don't have enough information. So no two bathrooms are the same, right? Someone calls me up and they say, I want to do our primary bathroom over. And oh, wonderful. That sounds great. A wonderful project. Love to take it on. Okay, well, Are you just replacing the existing fixtures with new, meaning you're not moving anything? Or are you blowing through walls or moving the plumbing or, you know, those two same, I want to redo my primary bathroom is a vastly different situation depending on the complexity of the project or the scope of the work. 
So again, you need to be very careful saying, oh, well, the last primary bathroom, I had X number of hours in there. So I bet it's about that. So if this woman asks me, I'm going to tell her, well, my design fee would probably be about, you know, the same. No, that is not necessarily the case. And I don't want you sticking your necks out and saying that and then coming back and going, oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, you're moving all the plumbing around. Oh, we're going to blow through to the closet and absorb that into the bathroom for a bigger shower stall. Oh, in that case, my number is going to go up. No client wants to hear that. They want to have a number that they can hang their hat on and understand that that's the number that they need to spend for your design fee. So you need to be super careful just assuming one bathroom is the same as another bathroom, even if they're the same square footage. It really, truly doesn't matter. It really does matter the complexity of the project. Now, another component, let's say you've done lots of kitchens and bathrooms and someone calls you for a family room addition, a new build off the back of the house family room. So again, you may look at square footage and go, okay, well, I've done kitchens about the same size. I'm thinking those are going to be the same numbers. No, that's a huge assumption that will probably not work out for you because an addition of a family room does not have the complexity of a kitchen, right? You're not putting in plumbing and you're not putting in cabinetry on all three walls or four walls or you're not, you know, there's just a different beast. And so you really need to be careful again, going with just square footage. Now, nobody would love to be able to do a square footage price more than me because then that becomes plug and play. But I'm telling you, you may get lucky if you do the square footage game and price yourself accordingly. But as I tell my children, and I'll tell any of you, luck runs out. And I really don't want you to rely on luck when you're doing your pricing, because this, again, is your profit. And while I love what I do, I do this for a living. I do want to earn money and be paid for my services and expertise. And I know you do as well. Okay, so you've got the team makeup. You've got the complexity of the rooms. Another is the budget created by the client. So again, let's use a bathroom because it's sort of a contained unit. I've done bathrooms for $50,000. i have done bathrooms for $150,000. I've done bathrooms north of $200,000. They're all bathrooms. They all have the same fixtures, bathtubs, showers, sinks, toilets, you name it, bathroom stuff, right? But the budget was different. Some of it was in the complexity, moving walls, moving plumbing. Some of it was in the fixtures they selected. You know, a bathtub can range from a couple hundred dollars to tens of thousands of dollars, depending on the bells and whistles involved. So again, I want you to be very careful when you're estimating your design fee and when you are estimating the profit on this project, because again, I want you to get involved in purchasing. So if you are estimating a profit of X, And you hear their budget and you think, oh, oh, crap. No, no, there's no way I'll have this much profit in this job if the budget is that low. So you need to be very careful because I also want you to be focusing on the profit that you will be getting from these projects. And remember, profit, it comes from purchases as well as the time. So these two components need to both be considered when you are estimating jobs and deciding whether to take them or not. And then, of course, there's experience. If you are new in this business, then you are likely going to spend more time accomplishing the same tasks as I am. I'd love to tell you it would be different, and maybe sometimes it would be. But the fact of the matter is, experience saves time. What used to take me a couple of hours to research, I can do in a nanosecond. And frankly, that's one of the reasons I went to a flat fee. 
because I realized I was being negatively impacted by the fact that I could do something that used to take me several hours that I would have billed and now do it in nanoseconds that I didn't even bill for. So you see, a new designer will actually have more hours on a project than I do. However, you want to be billing for your expertise as well. So if something is going to take a seasoned designer a nanosecond or two, or let's say less than 15 minutes to accomplish, that does not negate the value of that individual service. If anything, the value is the fact that it only took 15 minutes and chances are whatever that service was, whether it was a contact or a resource, is a really good one because it's tried and true and tested by that seasoned designer. So if any of you are now saying, oh my God, I'm never doing a construction project. This is ridiculous. Renee has completely confused me. I'll never get this right. I do want you to take a breath. You will get this right. And here's what I want you to do. Instead of trying to look at something as this total animal, right? Oh my gosh, a primary bathroom. Let's say, I don't know, hmm, I'm going to go with, yeah, 15,000 sounds good right? It's like, where did you come up with that number? And I've pushed back on on designers when they've told me these things. Oh, I typically charge 15000 for a bathroom. I'm like, really? Why? And they're just stunned when I push back and they're like, well, well, because I did one once and it was about that. And so, yeah, that's what I charge. And I think, okay, so chances are they're overcharging for some and undercharging for others. And frankly, I would rather you be charging properly for all of them so that you're getting the profit that you are earning. Now, does that mean you are going to hit the number out of the park every time? I'd love to tell you that you will, but I'm sorry to say you probably won't. Because if you've been listening for a while, you know that there are issues that come up on the job. And when you're not charging hourly and you're charging a flat fee, that time needs to be contained somewhere in that fee structure. And again, why I thought long and hard about swapping over from hourly to flat fee, because I have thought of several projects in the not too distant future where all hell broke loose. And I'm talking weeks went by where things needed to be redone. And I'll talk about that in a minute if it actually gets to weeks. But there are going to be issues and surprises on every project. And again, based on your experience, there will likely be more on a newer designer's projects because you don't foresee them coming. Whereas a seasoned designer can actually foresee some issues coming based on their experience from other projects and typically head them off at the pass and sometimes avoid them altogether. What I would prefer you to do when a client reaches out to you about a project is I would like you to take out pen and paper and sketch it out. So the thing that is predictable about a project are the stages of construction, right? No project starts without design. We know that. And that's typically the easiest thing for a designer to estimate because that's what we do, whether we're decorating or whether we're managing construction projects. But again, that will depend on the team. Is there an architect? So are you drawing from scratch or are you approving drawings? Or are you just doing some built-ins and the architect is doing the rest? Are you doing elevations as well? Do they require 3D renderings? You know, these are things that you need to have fleshed out before 
you produce any pricing unless you automatically put it in. I automatically will do a 3D rendering, whether that is just for cabinetry or whether that is for the entire space. But think about that. If I'm just doing cabinetry on one wall, that's one elevation. That's one 3D rendering. If I am designing the entire family room addition, so that's four walls, four elevations. If you're doing 3D rendering, multiple views. So I hope you're following along and what I want to see on your pieces of paper. Now, one quick caveat about drawings, and I know I've spoken about it in the past, and this one I will continue to repeat. We are not licensed to affect load-bearing walls. And depending on where you are, so for instance, me in Delaware, they need sealed drawings to pull permits for additions. I cannot seal drawings legally. My NCIDQ certification allows me to affect any non-load-bearing walls, and that is the highest an interior designer can go. And there's good reason for that, by the way. We are not trained in the structural aspects of walls, and I certainly don't want my clients' homes structurally unsound because of something I designed. So all of my drawings, and I mean all of my drawings, are labeled for design purposes only contractor to confirm on-site dimensions and, you know, whatever else, depending on what it's going to be. And the reason I do that is because I'm aware of what I can do, and I want to be assured that the contractor will double-check this work and not just take it and run. So please be very careful with drawings that you are putting out, because you will open yourself to liability if you are not careful with the intent of your drawings. And your drawings, let me repeat, are for design purposes only. Now, they can look Mac Daddy, and they should. You can do the 3D renderings, the elevations, the sections, the reflected ceiling plans, the HVAC plans, knock yourself out. But they are for design purposes only. And if you're outside of this country, you're going to have to look up your own rules, but you can never go wrong by labeling your drawings for design purposes only. Okay, sorry, I had to go out on that little tangent because I've had that come up recently as well. But here's the thing about projects. Projects start with design, then they move into demo. Can't do a project without demo, right? Then they move into framing and drywall. Then the plumber and electrician come back in if there's a plumber required. I know we were talking about bathrooms, so I have bathrooms in my brain now. Then they come back in, install cabinetry, plumbing fixtures, lighting fixtures, etc., painting, floors, and punch list. Those are predictable steps in every project. Now, what isn't predictable project by project is the length of those steps. So again, when someone calls you up and asks you to estimate a certain project, you need to dive into all of these specifics. What is the exact scope? What is the budget of the project? Does that budget include design services? Because sometimes people say, I have $100,000 to spend. Well, they mean actually for the building and the design fees, that's going to be separate. That's great news. But is that the case? Is it $100,000 all in, not to exceed? And that includes your design fees. So whatever your design fees are, the building budget is less that, right? These are important numbers to know in the beginning so that when you're sketching it out, your demo might last a week if it's a small project. It might last two weeks. Now, remember, the surprises are uncovered more often than not in demo. 
So I would always add time to your demo. Now, depending on the team and your place in the team, if you're running the project, you're going to be more present on site during demo than you would be if you were part of a medium-sized team and definitely if you were part of a large team where you have a super every day monitoring that project. So those are the things you're going to have to sketch out. And I would add up your hours. I would say, okay, I'm going to spend, I don't know, three hours a week on this and four hours a week this next week. And then when it comes to framing and rough-ins, I'm going to spend X number of hours. If you aren't sure how long framing and rough-in will go, talk to your contractor. doesn't mean it has to be the one that you're doing the work with. For instance, I've called Todd before and said, hey, I'm working this project over with this construction company. Wish it was you, by the way, but it's not. And what do you think? How long do you think X, Y, or Z will take? He gives me ideas. He's not always right, and but he's not always wrong either. Because again, things can happen. Delays, of course, happen. And luckily, we're post-COVID because, trust me, estimating projects during COVID was like finding something in the dark, and we all suffered because of it. But there are things that you can estimate and hopefully get close. And that's what I want you to focus on. And yes, your list may be crazy looking. You may have arrows pointing here, and things will overlap. And so you can make one site visit, but check the plumbing and the electrical on the same day. Win-win, Right. But it's important to understand that it is a process for every single job and not a plug and play with a square footage. Now, if there's a designer listening that has a plug and play square footage pricing that has worked for them for the last five to 10 years, I'm not kidding you. Please call me. I will give you my cell phone. I'd really like to hear about it because I have been doing a lot of research over the last six months and I can't come up with one on my own based on the extensive data that I have from my own business. But I also have to tell everyone I do everything from large renovations to new builds, and they are completely different beasts. So if your focus is kitchens, then yes, you probably have a pretty good plug and play that you can use for kitchen projects in the future. Same with bathrooms. But if you are more like me and you take on a variety pack from these renovations, whether it's a kitchen or a bath or maybe both at the same time to new builds, there is no plug and play. And I'm not trying to ruin your day. I'm trying to educate you on how you can create your own numbers, regardless of having a plug and play square footage price. And frankly, this is why I have shied away from having this episode come out because I was waiting. I was hopeful. I was optimistic that I would figure out a square footage price that would work for my business and some formula that would make it work for yours. And what I have found to date, and trust me, I will do another episode if I finally crack this nut, but the reality is the types of projects I take on and the frankly, the types of projects I encourage you to take on because I really love the variety that I do. But by doing such a variety, it isn't conducive to creating one pricing structure for a flat fee. So what do I do in the end after my scribble scratches are all done and I've got all these columns of numbers that I'm adding and going back and scratching out and adding more to? Yes, I always add more time to my projects. I just have to because there is the great unknown. And if I don't add money to the project, I will likely come up short. And I don't want that. 
Because what I have found is if you come up short, you then become a bit resentful of the project. And in truth, it's not the project's fault. It's not the client's fault. It's not the contractor's fault. But ultimately, they feel your resentment. Regardless of how it shows up, they will likely feel it. And we don't want that for you or for anyone on the project. And certainly not your client who's investing their hard-earned money into bringing their dreams to life. So while I understand I did not give you a clear-cut answer on how to price construction projects, I hope that this is enough information so that you can sit down and start noodling numbers based on your experience, your past projects, where you live in the country, the type of team that you're going to be working with, the complexity of the project, the budget the client has set, the experience you have to date, and break it into the stages to come up with a number that you're comfortable with, knowing that you have to add some in the end to cover the surprises that absolutely will show up at some point during the project. Now, if this has made your head spin, I, again, really sincerely apologize because pricing jobs makes my head spin as well. This is why the course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, walks you carefully through each of these steps explains your role during those stages, as well as having the open community forum for questions like this. And I can promise you the VIP members in the group truly rely on the one-on-one sessions, asking specific questions about their specific projects, regardless of their years of experience, so that they're confident that the numbers they're building and presenting and have to stand behind will be profitable for them in the end. And obviously that's my goal for each of you because if you're not profitable, you're not gonna continue doing this work and I want to empower and equip all designers to continue managing construction projects because I do feel this is the game changer in our industry that will take you to the next level of expertise by offering this service to your clients. So if you want more information about the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, You can find that on my website. It will detail out the option of just the course and community, as well as the VIP option, which meets twice a month to answer specific questions that are coming up on projects the designers are working on. I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.